This episode is sponsored by MyArkit. MyArkit is a wonderful tool that allows you to save not just photos, but memories. Um, don't just save your pictures where they're at risk of being censored, deleted, or lost. MyArkit gives you security and privacy at a great price while telling the whole story in your own voice and writing. You're able to save photos organized by event, by individual, however you'd like to see fit. MyArkit will give you the tools to help organize your entire collection. Um, and here's the cool thing about my market. It's not just some folder on some cloud server somewhere that you don't understand and you just throw everything in there and hope it works out. They give you the tools to organize and expand your collection uh, for future events. So go check out my market today at myarkit.com. That's M-Y-A-R-K-I-T.com. Uh, use my promo code, not real. That's capital N, capital R, not real. Go check it out at myarkit.com. Thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night, which means I have another guest on with you, which means it's another presidential candidate because guess what? We can't run enough candidates as libertarians until we hit at least 420 candidates because that's the appropriate number. Uh, if you if you flood every ballot, they can't vote for anyone. Up that's last election since from 69. So, oh, yes. Uh, Last election was 69 we were looking for, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Toad. I think this is the first time we've interviewed a reptile, but I'm not. No, he's an amphibian. <laughs> amphibian. Toads are amphibians. That's all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Unlike black people. black people, I can survive in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and we're canceled. And there it goes. <laughs> How are you doing today, sir? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, you know, it's uh, another... Beautiful day in this prison we call America. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in more of a prison than you are if you're in Tennessee and I'm in Boston, so. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I didn't outside know that. of Boston. Yeah, people give me a lot of shit because they think I'm actually, like, in the city, even though I'm in the city quite a bit. I don't actually live in the city, so at least there's that. So I limit so, the amount of hell. So I gotta ask. Because I'm kind of an idiot, I don't go to the Northeast unless I absolutely have to. Um, does everyone sound like Mark Wahlberg when you walk in the streets? Is it that bad? Uh, no, I mean, because there's too much like diversity, sort of. I guess. Mm. Well, although I don't, I don't know if I'd say that. Like, there is a mix of people in Boston. We got a lot of uh, like Mexican people and Asian people. Uh, but it is still a lot of whites, but then you get a mix of uh, the Italians, which is what I am, and then you get uh, the Irish people as well. And the, the Irish, like, hooligan types are kind of the ones that have, like, the Boston accents more, I would say. But there is, like, a fair amount of it, for sure. My parents both have, and I worked, like, to get rid of mine. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if I just mimicked, like, other people around me that just didn't have the accent, and I just got rid of it. But it's kind of like I can just turn it on and be like, yeah, I'm Mocky Mock now, kid. <laughs> from Dorchester. I will say, what was it, 2022 or 2020? They said that Boston had the sexiest accent in the world, and literally <laughs> everyone else went, What the fuck? And the city of Boston went, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like something where everybody outside of Boston kind of agreed with that because they think it's exotic, but from around here, we're just like, No, it's fucking retarded. No, everyone else was like, This is. What are you talking about? I guess it's because yeah. it was Mark Wahlberg or something. It had to have been correlated with his piece of shit ass. Because you have to hear it enough hey. around here that it's like, you're just so sick of hearing it. You don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, Boston. So, no good sports teams up that way. Um, no, not, none at all. 
They they all suck. Yeah. I I actually am a hater of the Patriots. So if you want to get into sports, I I root for the three Boston teams and I hate the Patriots. So I'm uh, I'm should. kind of a weird uh, creature up here as far as that's concerned, I guess. So who would you pull for then, uh, pro football wise? Indianapolis Colts. So basically, what happened was I I grew up rooting for all of the the local teams uh, with my dad, and then as soon as the Patriots got uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and that regime started, I just I hated them right off the bat, and it was just like instinctively. And I think I was right. I think I'm just a good judge of character i was like nope i'm off the train so the people were like you're a fucking idiot like you hated them for like their entire like dynasty and all the wins they had i'm like yeah because they're a fucking hateable team with a bunch of hateable people like what do you want me to do so i went and i was like well who who is the team that everybody around here hates the most and that's well it's the indianapolis colts because they have peyton manning and everybody he's like the one threat to uh, like being the league's best quarterback uh, to Tom Brady being considered the league's best quarterback. I was like, I like Peyton Manning. Like, I think he's a great quarterback and I, I think he's kind of hilarious. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Colts fan. So that's how that happened. I just stuck with the Colts through all of the uh, nightmare seasons that they've had. They won one Super Bowl. <laughs> I will say Peyton Manning is, by far, I will say, the smartest quarterback to have ever played the game. There's no one, I don't think, that knew better than him. Um, I, he's just he's so fucking smart. And he just spent all every ounce of free time he had, he spent studying game tape. That's what made him so dangerous at UT. That's what made him so dangerous yeah. in the pros is because he knew what you were going to do before you fucking did it. Right. Well, yeah, you're from Tennessee, so I assume you're a Manning fan. Yes? Not all of them. Am, am I Peyton. right in that or am I not right? I... I, I I, I did not like him when he played pro because, you know, he played against my he team. He played against uh, the Titans, yeah. No, I'm not a Titans fan. Ah. Uh, Dallas. All right. Oh, Dallas? Oh. Yeah. That's right. I love how none of us are fans of our, like, locals. Yeah, because right? fuck the I, local still, I still am. Celtics, <laughs> Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins. Like, I can't get away from it. It's, like, part of the culture. But the Patriots are almost like this, like, bastard because they, like, don't play in Boston. And it's kind of just, like... I don't know. They're kind of just this New England team. And yeah, well, they're just so despicable that it's like they do have a lot of haters, uh, even in this region. So it's like they're kind of I don't consider them to be part of the New England culture, to be honest, or the Boston culture. Like I consider the actual Boston teams to be like entrenched in the culture where it's like you're part of this fan base. You're like a drunk asshole basically and you get mass hole and you get to go to all these games and like that's what you get to do although i am sober now but back in the day that's what i would get to do and especially being like a a drunk bearded man that's like that's got bruins fan written all over it so i will ask you this as a presidential candidate do you think that sports could be one of the single unifying things we have left as americans it's the one thing that we can agree to hate each other on and not hate each other to the point we would kill each other over because i think if we've seen a lot of people from different political backgrounds watch sports together and don't talk politics when football's on because you'll get punched in the fucking mouth for it even if you agree with it so what do you think you might be right because it at least has uh like lower stakes, lower consequences, because you're rooting for a team, so you're not actually rooting for whoever's going to rule over you. So at least there's that. Yeah. So maybe people, as intense as people get, maybe people, yeah, are less likely to do that. Although uh, I still envision like Philadelphia fans are just out there like murdering Dallas fans I and New York Giants fans and stuff. But I don't know about that. 
I don't know about that for sure, but uh, I, I don't trust the uh, Philly fan base. Uh, sorry to Brian McWilliams and whoever else is uh, <laughs> is part of that fan base, but they seem to be like maybe the most violent and disruptive <laughs> fan base that I know of. But uh, other than well, maybe the Yankees fan base too. At least when they were when they were actually competitive, but. I don't know. I, I think you might. You're probably right because I think with politics, it's like people take this like team sport uh, like mentality, and then they apply that to the political sphere, and the stakes are like way higher because this is like actually going to determine yeah who's ruling over you. And of course, we saw with the COVID shit, this is like impacting like day to day life in an extreme way. And it's like we can't have this happen. Like you can't have this like team mentality like around this. Like no, like you're either you're either on team like people or you're not essentially in that sphere whereas at least with sports it's just like once like the season is over it kind of just like goes away and you're like well we don't care anymore now there's like next year or whatever sports coming up in the offseason thankfully we now have spring ball which is hopefully guaranteed for at least 10 years which would be fucking awesome but yeah i mean if you look nowhere else in culture can i see something that's that's less divisive than sports i think right now even the nfl with their bullshit that they've they've done a little bit that pissed people off mm. I, i'm more of a stick to the sports i don't give a shit i mean if you want to talk about it i don't fucking care but like just stick with the fucking football um but i think you, you look at movies right you've got the 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 south park crowd who who laugh as they make fun of disney for being hyper woke and then you got the people who are offended by it you've got the the pro dave Chappelle crowd and then the the anti-Dave Chappelle because they don't fucking understand what comedy is. And you, you got these right. divisive issues all across society. I think football is the one thing we have. Not just football, but like fucking hockey, baseball, all these things that still bring communities and cultures together in a real meaningful way. Yeah, and with football, I mean, it might still be the same with like Chappelle and with comedy and stuff where I think I would say probably, and maybe this is a white pill, or maybe it's just I want to think uh, in this way, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong, but I think the majority of people are actually on the right side of like the the comedy debate and the Chappelle debate. I think enough people are just totally sick of this yeah. woke bullshit, and they actually just want to like laugh. So I would, I would hope, and I think that a majority of people are like actually just enjoying what South Park is putting out, and they're enjoying Dave Chappelle, which uh, I actually got to see Chappelle live. Uh, so his most recent recent special that he put out, uh, I went and I saw him like do basically that special live in Boston, uh, like I don't know about half a year ago or so, and it was it was one of the nice. best shows that I've seen live. It was awesome. Like I haven't watched the special yet because I know it's similar, but I think probably the live show was better than the special. I can imagine he's a uh, he's gifted. He. Uh... I remember he came out with that one special, was it, in 2019 and said, I'm not doing any more specials for a long time. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And then came out with like seven more immediately because he pissed everyone off and decided he was going to keep pissing people off. Yeah. Yeah. I forget how many. uh, He did at least like two more after that in the next couple of years or something. But I think what may be more of the white pill, though, is it seems like uh, when you get down to uh, like what's going on in the NFL playoffs here, and I've been tweeting about this, it seems like most of America is like totally sick of uh, Travis Kelsey and the Taylor Swift shit and the Pfizer shit. And it's like, everybody's just rooting against the chiefs. And it seemed like a lot of people were rooting for uh, the Detroit lions as well. Cause I feel like the lions kind of represent like more of like blue collar America, just because of like some of the guys that they have there. Like that's kind of like Dan Campbell's like affect kind of, he seems like that type of guy, but then also because it's the city of Detroit, 
where it's like it's this downtrodden like a bunch of like perennial losers basically like people that just get like the shit end of everything and it's like well we gotta how can you not root for that team the lions but then it's like i said it seems like people are also just rooting against the chiefs too which i like and so am i i will say when when jessica simpson was dating tony romo and they did the same thing i was much much younger then that mm. shit was annoying that shit I don't was think fucking it was to this man. extent, though, was it? I don't, I don't remember it being like pushed to the, like this degree. Or with Giselle, with Tom Brady, I don't remember it being like this either. Like they'd show her, and it was like, yeah, whatever. But it wasn't like this. Now I do remember. Yes, yeah, I don't think it was to this extent, but I do remember them doing it and thinking, "This is fucking stupid. I don't care." Is she gonna put on a helmet and play? No, I don't fucking care. Get the camera yeah. off her. Like you want to watch her? Go watch her. Where the hell she's at on TV? But right. then it's just now you can't say that because then you're you hate women or you you, you <laughs> punch kids in the face or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Swifties are weird. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not in that world. I don't get involved in it. But yeah, I just don't listen to pop music. I don't like it, and I don't like it being like shoved in my face either. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So you're running for president. Um, yep. For some fucking reason, can't imagine why. <laughs> There's no, I've never seen an upside to this. But good on you for doing it. I'm not trying to bully you. Promise. Um, so congrats on running. You made a huge decision. Um, why? So what was it like? One day you just said, you know what, fuck this. I'm, I'm just going to do it my damn self. Or was, was it a long thought out process? What kind of walk us through like why you were like, let's do it there's there's been no like thought put into this really and no like real effort put into this or any money whatsoever like that which is kind of like that's what i want this campaign to be really but the way it started was uh at pork fest last year ben weir from the emo caucus uh and also from lp new hampshire he was of course at pork fest he came up to me and he was like he was like dude do you want to run like for president under the emo caucus banner and i'm looking around we had like the other candidates who had announced were there at pork vest and it's chase oliver and mike tremont and i'm like oh so you have like a gay progressive guy and then you have a guy who's a cop basically and i'm like this is who we have running right now i'm like well obviously we don't have anybody running who represents uh like the ron paul wing of uh, the libertarian party which is the reason why we took over the party in 2022 in reno and i'm like nobody's doing that so I represent that wing, so yeah, all right, why not? I'll just do it. And then immediately, like, my idea for it was just, like, I just want to run this campaign where I'm not going to be, like, a politician about it, and I'm not going to filter myself, and I'm just not going to give a shit, like, what I say. So that's, like, the whole thing. And I think that is the upside, where when I finally, like, actually got into one of the debates in Georgia, which really was, I only went just because we uh, made it into a Tower Gang event. And it's like, well, we're going to do a live podcast. The LP Georgia guys tried to get us down there, like, last year, and it didn't work out. But we know those guys, and it's like, they're, like, down with what Tower Gang does uh, in a lot of ways. So it's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's make it into a cool, like, Tower Gang takeover event. And, like, Adam Nutter was there and did a comedy show, too. So we... We turned it into like a pretty fun event uh, for whoever wanted to come. We had some like fans of ours come from like quite a distance, which was crazy. We had this guy Matt come from Missouri, and then uh, another guy. Uh, I wish I remembered what the hell his name was, but I think we had another guy fly in from like California or something, or Wa- was Washington maybe somewhere on the Pacific coast. I forget what it was, but that was all cool. But then like in the actual debate, I just 
did what I wanted to do there as well, like kind of what I just described where I'm just like, I'm just going to say what I think. And I think I'm right about these things. Uh, like I believe what I'm saying, but I'm not trying to like bullshit or anything like that. I'm not trying to be like a stuffy politician. So I went up there and I'm like, I'm not going to wear a suit. I'm just going to wear the Tower Gang jersey. I'm going to not wear shoes. <laughs> and I'm just going to do this and just like try to throw people off and, if you saw the debate, I think it worked in that it was like disruptive and it really threw some of those guys off and it kind of exposed like what is going on in the LP really. And like, these are our candidates really. You want these like boring, uh, like ideologues basically as your like representatives. Like, no, I don't think you do. I think you want somebody who's just like going to just say what the hell they think, which is me and Josh Smith, I suppose. He definitely will say some things. Uh, we've had him on. Uh, I think, do we have him scheduled yet for a return or no? Uh, no, not a return. No, not yet. We'll get another one. I think we got Lars yeah. coming up again. We got, we got all of them cycling through, you know, all that, all that bullshit. But, uh, yeah. Um, no, I think, and I, 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 I talked to uh, Austin Peterson last week about this was, you know, people like hearing the hard truth. Like, they want to hear the things that no one else wants to say, no matter how much shit they get for saying it. People want to hear that. It's, it's Trump is wrong about policy, but he's right in how he's delivering what he says because it's resonating with people. He can say whatever the fuck he wants to say, and people will go with it. And that's kind of what he's hinted at all along. Is It doesn't matter what he says. It's about how he says it, and it works for people because people are pissed off and they're tired. It works. And so, I yeah, I mean going out there and breaking the mold and just saying, you know, what y'all are doing, I don't agree with, I think this is fucking stupid, and here's fucking why. And then laying it out, that that scares people, because they, they know they can't control that. Yeah, that yeah, that, I think that's exactly what I did. Like, I went up there and just, like, right away, like, I just called everybody there losers, called the LP the loser part, and I just went from there, and I was just like trying to sling some shots around, but it, I think like justified, <laughs> justified shots at least. Yeah. The, the LP is, is difficult to, to, to defend. Um, just because there are so many moving cogs on the spoke, I guess, um, that you, you get different opinions that don't really agree with what you're saying or whatever. And it, 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 it seems like we spend more time fighting than we do actually fucking anything else and so yeah i mean calling the lp a loser party or the loser brigade it's it's not unjustified because we haven't proven anything otherwise i mean right. our last candidate you know she wasn't i don't think she was a bad candidate i think she was a safe candidate i think that's mm. how they looked at it is like she wasn't she wasn't brash she wasn't aggressive but she wasn't like a mouse like that's the only the only justification <laughs> i can think of but um yeah, I, th I think that's what makes her bad. Like, playing it safe is bad. Like, you're just going to yeah. get no recognition whatsoever. And you want somebody that who's going to somehow be seen, but is also, like, delivering the right message. So it's got to be that combination of things. And she didn't do either. Yeah, being seen and being seen correctly are the two things we cannot get done as libertarians. It's either we get seen and it's in a very bad light, or it's, we don't get seen, but we do something good. And it's it's hardly right. ever both at the same time. It's, you know, some, some dude running across the stage naked in California because, yeah. you know, that's the press we need. Yeah, or, or I don't know if that happened in California. It, it happened at the National Convention in Orlando in uh, whenever it was, oh, 2016 was it or whatever. Yeah, I, 
I get pissed uh, that people are like comparing me to that guy or comparing me to Vermin Supreme just because I wasn't wearing a suit and because I took my shoes off. And the story behind the shoes really was because at first we were going to be standing for the entire like two and a half, three hour debate. And I'm like, well, I need to make this as much of an advantage as possible because I'm the youngest one on stage here. But like these guys like Hornberger, they're like in their 70s. They're going to be like falling over like Josh, I think even has like a bad back. And like some of these guys, like they're not going to be able to do it. But I want to give myself even an extra edge here. And I had like some new shoes. So I was like, those shoes are going to start getting un uncomfortable for me. So I'm just going to take them off. So I'm just going to stand there. Yeah, as comfortable as possible. I'm going to be cozy. I'm not wearing a suit. I'm going to, yeah, just be barefoot and it's going to be awesome. And I'll be able to stand. Then they uh, decided that, no, we were in actually going to sit. But I said, fucking, I'm still going to take off my shoes because it's a power move. And if you're uh, familiar with Jeopardy, uh, James Holtzauer, who is maybe the best uh, Jeopardy player in history, he would actually do that in the green room, which I think a lot of people don't know about. He would stand there in front of his opponents and take his shoes off as like an intimidation tactic. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. But it also serves as just me being like, like, this is what I'm going to deliver to you. Like, I just don't care about like looking the part here. And there's plenty of guys in the feet in the LP, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. My my uh, my feet picks are circling <laughs> around now. That's that's. Watch this. Watch here. Oh gosh, what she got? What do we got? No, it's playing. Is it not playing for you? No, I'm not seeing it. Yeah. I hear the it's audio, not, but it's, it's not, just it's not oh, playing. No. On it's oh, still on, yeah. I think the audio is just coming through on the uh, mic. Yeah. Yeah, in the background there. Okay, I got it. I had to switch screens because it opened another tab. You can edit this out. It's fine. I oh, will leave it. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Production quality. There you go. Get to see behind the the iron curtain. Um. There. Here we go. There we go. Accurate. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's all it's all infighting going on. Everybody thinks that they're that they're right and they have the correct libertarian take. That's that's never gonna not be the case. So, I mean, from that perspective, it's kind of like like how much of a point is there in this? Really, I don't know. Just in the whole thing, really. Like, it might make more sense to just like just get away from the whole thing and just focus on your own life, pretty much. But that was kind of my point. That, that was a point that I made, like, in my closing statement, too, where I said, like, these guys are putting in, like, so much effort into this. They're, they're like, libertarian lifers, basically, and I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm putting in, like, just the amount of effort necessary to, like, try to deliver my message in a few ways. And other than that, I'm just, I'm not putting time and effort into this or money. I'm just, like, living my life over here. So, like, what do you want? Do you want guys who are like so focused on this just to like lose <laughs> yeah it's it's that's the question isn't it because you got to get what five percent nationally to, to to get any kind of anything yeah. from the feds so that's not going to happen like regardless of who the nominee is it's not going to happen it's it's always the most important election ever and it's probably going to be trump biden again the LP is not going to break like they're not even going to get two percent I don't, I don't even think it matters who the nominee is yeah, I, I think um, I, I think we're when we run presidential presidential candidates, it has a purpose. It has a has the ability to get the message out there at a larger scale. But yeah. in reality, we're we're probably you know 
two decades away from seeing any kind of real movement on that front because we have to start winning at state levels. Like, Republicans didn't show up on the scene and just win the presidency, right? Lincoln wasn't, you know, he wasn't the first Republican to win an office. He was one of the many that had to win state and local offices and then work their way up. And that's what we have to do. We keep forgetting that. We want to we wanna put the, the cart before the horse, but you're not going to fucking go anywhere if you can't fucking pull the thing, you know? Yeah, although there were, yeah, parties that were, like, shifting and stuff. And I think there might be some merit and some value in trying to, uh, like, move the Republican Party in a more pro-liberty direction, which you see is, like, what uh, is going on in New Hampshire to some extent. They're trying to get liberty Republicans in the state Congress, and it's working to some extent there. But you also, you kind of see that shift happening a little bit, like, even at the, like, U.S. level, where, like, I mean, obviously Thomas Mass is in there, but you even see, like, People who I wouldn't really say are pro-liberty, but even the like, the more I don't I don't know if I want to necessarily say that they're MAGA wing of the Libertarian Party, but like the MTG like wing or Libertarian Republican Party, the more like MTG wing of the Republican Party is at least I think like pushing the window like in a, in a correct direction at the very least. Yeah, I, I have seen some movement um, from some Republicans pushing towards the right stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. One guy I watch and I kind of follow a little bit um, is Brandon Herrera out of Texas. He's running against uh, George Horry or something like that. So anyways, he's running against a Republican who's like, and not a pro-gun Republican. He's, he's weak as shit on guns. And that he's running against mm. him on that sole policy. Um, he wouldn't classify himself as libertarian but he, he he does say that he he leans more extreme than most republicans and yeah. so yeah there is this cultural shift in newer generation or millennials coming into office like we're done with y'all shit get the fuck out grandpa like you, you're yeah. done just get your shit and go the fuck home yeah like i feel like any opposition to like the old guard of either party is like movement in the right direction to some extent even with AOC, you remember when she first came into office, her and uh, Nancy Pelosi butted heads a lot, and that was a lot of, I mean, hey, you know, she may be a socialist piece of shit, but... Um, oh, I think she's a plant. I think I think she's, uh, she's just a regime uh, choice, like, through and through. I think, I think her backstory is a complete lie. Like, in college, she was, like, working for the government in, like, Niger, and she was on these, like intelligence ops in uh africa and then you had that like netflix documentary where it's like why do you have this like really high budget netflix documentary following her around uh when she's supposedly this grassroots like candidate that nobody knows about like how do you have this how does this happen like before she actually wins you have this high budget production uh the whole way like falling around none of it makes sense and I, I think it is also the case that the bar that she claims to have worked in like wasn't even open at the time she claimed to have been there like her entire life is a lie she's she's a total uh fake person she's not who she purports to be so she is like a real version of every hot chick on facebook who who likes your post and wants to talk about guns in your inbox that's yeah, what that she's is. a fad, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Makes sense. I've, I've learned to, in my long, not so long life, um, learned that the weirder a story is, the more I'm going to believe it. Um, just, <laughs> what? You have to knock that over. Oh, 
box it over. Um, is yeah, that so car alarm on my end? I don't know what the hell that is. I think it might be on my end. <laughs> That's probably on, on my street end. There, yeah, I'm too close to the street. Um, yeah, but the weirder, weirder something is, the more I believe it. Because you, you look at all the the weird shit that's coming out, and the, just how insane it is. Like no one would ever believe it if you wrote that into a movie script. And uh, so yeah, no, I believe that. I'll I'll buy that. I mean, just yeah. it's so fucking odd that I take that. Yeah, I mean, you can go look it up. Like the info is definitely out there. But even just that, like Netflix documentary itself, like that's pretty weird. That's pretty suspicious. Just. Yeah, on its own, really. Like, I think she's no different than, like, Stacey Abrams, basically. Well, I mean, except she actually won, so. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I remember Democrats, like, pretending Stacey Abrams had won forever and then got pissed off when Trump did that shit. Yeah, somehow Stacey Abrams is less likable than AOC. She's more annoying. And I think it's because she's ugly, so you're willing to put up with. Yeah, less it's of probably because it. yeah, I, I I never thought that AOC is hot, like was hot. Like I think she has like crazy eyes and like a horse face, but she is certainly better looking than Stacey Abrams. So I think that does See. play into it. It does. I don't know. I'm just saying yeah. shit, but I'm sure it does. It's like yeah, that hot sure. crazy matrix, right? Like there's that that chart that guy does, mm -hmm. and the hotter they are, the crazier they are. So you got to find like what quadrant you want in. Yeah, I yeah. feel that. Same thing. Yeah, for candidates, I think it's a lot. Like, uh, like looks has a lot to do with it. Height has a lot to do with it. So I'm fucked in both of those regards. And then it all. I think there's also that aspect for like male candidates. It tends to be like, which guy uh, would you more want to have a beer with? Which is like why like George W. Bush won and shit like that. I would say. But uh, so I'm also fucked in that aspect too because I'm sober. I do fully believe most politicians are elected purely on vanity um yeah. just because like you look at obama right obama did not ever say anything moving or inspirational or anything revelation like no no new revelation right no, but he, he said it, it with such like it. Yeah. he said it with such charisma that people bought into that shit and like a very white song every and, time he made right. a speech <laughs> right he was yeah, saying absolutely nothing charismatically so people mm -hmm. were like this guy has to be saying something important here exactly George Bush, same thing. Like, he wouldn't say shit. That, that speech he, he gave on Ground Zero, it was a very, you know, George, B, uh, George Bush-esque, uh, mm. you know, speech. It was a, you know, the, the boys are getting together. They're going to go get pissed off and drink garage beers and do something stupid. And, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's, that's, him, that's it's their theme. Like, yeah. Like, I think people, like, saw themselves in him to some extent, even though they were wrong yeah. uh, to see that because he is certainly just a creature of the establishment. And his family goes back like generations in like the intelligence agencies and shit of course but yeah. uh yeah with bush it was just like oh he's just this like like i don't know southern like retard basically out there like he's like us i mean you remember when i went to harvard and got really high on coke and crashed a car into a house and got away with it because of who my family was i, I remember when that happened right. yeah right was, yeah. <laughs> was it Yale? was it harvard or yale yeah he went to yale yeah yale yeah one of those I, I think all the bushes there. went to yale yeah it was this nepotism yeah. thing yeah they all went there um whichever one it was if you say yeah i'll believe that but um pretty sure yeah yale it it is very vain. It I think I think it's getting worse too because you're starting to see some of these newer crop come in, um, and they're they're explicitly trying to 
sexualize themselves so people keep voting on them i think and uh i think yeah. it's becoming more like a like a runway show than just congress it's just yeah there's that rhode island congresswoman the like fat black chick who uh was like twerking on the beach upside down you remember that like that that was no. like literally like a video that she put out as part of her like campaign to get elected to the know. rhode island state congress or whatever yeah she was like did she actually do it though shaking her ass what do you mean did she like did was she, she able to pull it off i don't know if she won <laughs> no no i, I mean like did she actually video. do it like did she film herself doing it yeah yeah you can probably find that video still I, i'd vote for her I'm we talked about like, the tower she it off? she's athletic uh, enough for me. <laughs> i mean if you like huge black asses i got it hold on i mean <laughs> I yeah, I forget what her name was. <laughs> Susie. She's, she's got the video. Yeah, she's not attractive at all. I'm telling you. I'm sure she's not. But, no. <laughs> um, Rhode Island's not a, a state where you're like, you know, I bet hot people come from Rhode <laughs> No, no you're, that's not a state where you're like, I bet anybody lives there. Although, shout out to... Uh, to, what, why do I forget his name? Eric John, is that his name? The pizza artist? He's from Rhode Island. He's the only guy I know from Rhode Island. Shout out to the way. three people on Rhode Island. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a huge market, I bet. We should really start targeting Rhode Island more. Yeah. Get the whole state. What's she got here? Yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah, you into that? You want to vote for that? It's different. It, I mean, it's different. It's different. That's, Jose, look. Jose would fuck her. My co-host Jose, he, he's into that. He's into the thickness, sickness for the thickness. I too am into the thickness. Oh, all right. So, so you, do, you are into for, that. So. <laughs> I'm just accounted for, so it's fine. Right. But um, spoken for. Account, is there a difference? Yeah. Accounted for, spoken for. <laughs> same thing. I, I, I knew what I you meant. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Anywho, um, I'm I'm kind of getting to this this point where I'm just like you know let's let's start finding the worst candidates we can, and putting them in office because eventually they run it into the ground right. Like this thing doesn't hold itself up forever. Like let's like if we can't vote our way out of this, like, like let's maybe let's let's vote our way out of this. Yeah, you know what I mean? Acceleration. Like, so you like Joe yeah. Biden being in there then, because it's in a way it exposes so much because you have this uh, like literal corpse as president of the united states he was out there today like did you see that video that came out today of him it's just another uh biden flub i don't even know how like every one of these should destroy his uh presidency and it just doesn't it's just like nope that's just old sleepy joe up there doing another uh, one of those things that he always does he, he was up there today and he said that uh he was talking to mitterrand and said that he was the president of germany uh, Mitterrand was the president of France in the 1980s and 90s, I believe. Yeah, because it's Macron now, or Macron. Or right, but Biden was uh, saying that he was the, yeah, I think he must have met Macron, but or, yeah, but he was Macron, but he was, uh, he said that it was the current president of Germany, and he mentioned uh, a former president of France who was no longer alive either, I believe. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, Joe Biden's not extreme enough for me, right? Like, I kind of, 
I'm trying to think of who I would want. Like who would who I think would really just like kick it off and like let's get this this party started. I can't I can't think of anyone. Like I think if we if, no what if we all played Hillary Trump Clinton? and Biden? No, she's too systematic. She'll she'll keep the system afloat. I think mm-hmm. if we mix between Joe Biden and Trump, there's enough chaos in the handoffs that it just yeah. it never recovers. Or you want like an actual communist in there? I'm sure that I'm sure that would go really well. <laughs> no, because I don't want to. I don't want to have to really fight fight my way out. You know, I yeah. just I want to just watch it go down, and we can just we can just start over. Well, I mean, I think um, we're on the path to that, but hopefully, what that uh, looks like is actually just like decentralization and secession and not a civil war like hopefully we're starting to see i think i mean we've been seeing more uh like trends in that direction than ever before i think so it might be a positive but i'm in the wrong place for that to be happening at the moment (laughs) yeah i'm behind enemy lines (laughs) yeah you'll be you'll be on the wrong side of whatever happens um no i I don't i don't want to see civil war because it's always brutal it's the most violent thing that humans do to each other Um, world war ii was bad uh but the civil war still killed more americans not peaceful secession yeah it's it's always it's always better to let it peacefully run its course but I'm at this point where who the fuck knows what's going to happen. I mean, they told us aliens were real, and we just didn't give a shit. That's how bad things have gotten. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. Yeah. The DOD came out and said a classified stealth bomber was chased for over 600 miles over the United States at a oh, speed yeah. that was so classified that no one really knows how fast it was going. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, they, yeah, sure. Yeah, they declassified uh, Project Blue Book, and then the History Channel did uh, like an entire series uh that was based on project blue book based on uh, whatever i forget the guy's name the like science professor who was i think he was from ohio state or whatever who uh the government like hired him to basically like sweep all these like alien encounters and stuff under the rug i don't know if you ever watched that show but it was it was kind of interesting i i enjoyed it yeah because it was even weird because they came out and admitted that they had killed people to keep these secrets and no one said shit. Like, no one batted an eye. They're like, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, the CIA is killing people? Yeah, obviously. No, it was the DOD, too. Like, the DOD was oh, having yeah. people off because it was, uh, yeah. it was it's their project. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's fine. Sure. Yeah, it's it's all wild, but, uh, but you know that it's happening. Yeah, and then they admit to it. No one cares because we've said it for so long. So, yeah. It's depressing. So presidential shit try well we'll try and stay on topic here add whatever anyways um <laughs> we don't have to i'll if, talk about whatever but yeah <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about it we can we can keep going off the rails like we do um okay well well let's do this then we'll do we'll do a fun question uh you get into office day one what's your plan who are you putting into what offices the head in what departments all that good shit let's uh let's hear this out yeah, I mean, I always hate that question because it's like, well, I know it's not going to happen. So, like, I don't even know if I want to put effort into, like, thinking about that being the case. But, like, I mean, I would probably want uh, – I mean, I would probably have to bring some of the, like, prominent libertarians in there with me and put them in uh, various places. I don't know, like, throw uh, Scott Horton in there in, like, either defense or, like, state or something like that. Or, But but then part of me just wants to, like, abolish every single one of those uh, – like agencies as well the other part of me is like but i want to put like 
Clint and like Bob Murphy, like as you know, in roles like in the Fed or in the, like Treasury or whatever, and have them just like dismantle it or do whatever. Like from there, I don't know. I don't even know what I would do really. I I, I say it. I I always ask this question because I always make the selfless pitch of uh, throwing my my hat in the ring for ATF director. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about firearms, and I think I could very effectively take every single firearm the ATF has confiscated and return it to the American public with post-haste. I think we could do it within a week. Yeah, I mean, that would be a good idea. Yeah, it's kind of like getting into, like, the Hoppian territory where he has, like, some ideas about how to, uh, like, redistribute all the government-confiscated property uh, to sort of the, like, the most rightful owners of it, being, like, the taxpayers, essentially. And like how to actually like get that done uh, without like total chaos. Uh, the gun aspect of it might be a little easier. Uh, Susie is in the chat over here saying a Department of Milk Sommeliers. I forgot that I haven't I even had that as my subtitle on here. <laughs> that is a shout out to Flapper F L A P P R Flapper .net. They uh, have a smut blog. Uh, you might see them on Twitter. They're posting about tits all the time, but they are in like the libertarian political sphere as well and uh they do some stuff about like history and some stuff about sports as well so probably right up your alley <laughs> in every one of those ways but yeah why not i'll have a i'll, ha I'll have a department of milk sommeliers i'll uh, i'll focus my campaign just on tits you can't go wrong i mean that's that's the only thing that can unite uh everybody in america if you think about it Beyond sports. Beyond sports. But even sports, like, divides I think Dolly Parton's tits could unite America. I don't think all tits could. I think Dolly really? Parton's tits could unite America. Aren't they fake? Does it matter? Yes. America is mostly fake, so mm, I, mean, I think it works. It is. We, we want real, uh, natural titties here. <laughs> N none of that Dolly Parton shit. <sighs> So who would you go for then? Who, who would we're you, getting who would off the your... rails now. Now we're going with that. now. We're, now we're going into titties. I don't know. Well, that's I'd your have campaign, to, uh, right? Titties. Mm. I'd, I'd have to. Well, uh, I'd have to research it. Not that I haven't been doing that for my entire life, but I need to. <laughs> I need to put more research into it. Look, I'm just saying. I mean, Javier Mele. He uh, he said, "Viva las titas." So I mean, it's uh, mm. it worked for him. He's right. It's one of my favorite things that he said. I'm like, he's a tit man and not an ass man? Hell yeah, he's right. Because I've been extremely critical of him, and I think that he is uh, in bed with the WEF. Uh, and a lot of people hate the, uh, my takes on him and on that specifically. But as far as uh, him liking titties, yeah, I'm all on board with that. So why do you think he's in bed with the WEF? Because that's, that's an interesting statement. Well, it's I mean... Like, pretty much everything that he said is, like, pro-U.S. military, pro-U.S. empire. He's a Zionist. He's, like, hanging out with, uh, like, Netanyahu and uh, Zelensky and all these people. And then he goes in front of the WEF, and the libertarian narrative is, like, this guy just went in front of the WEF and, like, told them all to fuck themselves. I'm like, did he, though? Because he was up there, and, like, other members of the WEF, including Klaus Schwab, were, like, praising the guy. I'm like, is this really our guy? Is this really what you want? Even if he is in Argentina and he's, like, slashing uh, some swaths of government that they have there, a lot of it is just such, like, government bloat there that it's like, yeah, it's good, but, like, is it, like, 
is he really just like eliminating government completely? They're probably not, but I think he, like on a from a global perspective, I think he's uh, bad on everything. And then there was the whole aspect uh, where like he has that uh, very bizarre personal life that uh, nobody seems to know about or bring up. The fact that his uh, sister is actually the one who's like behind his entire administration and campaign, and they seem to be fucking. And he also, uh, his because he was trying to like talk to like his dog before his dog died or some weird shit like that. His sister wound up becoming some sort of like dog parapsychic in order to like speak with dead dogs, and then he cloned his dog four times. There's some weird fucking shit going on in that guy's life. And he and his sister are both childless and old. I Although so am been, I. <laughs> I have never been more convinced a human being was a libertarian in my life. When you said his sister was running the show and he was fucking her, I was like... Mm. <laughs> Someone get LPKY on the phone. What are they doing? KY Jelly? Uh, libertarian Party of Kentucky? The Libertarian Party of Lube. LP Kentucky. What happened? What happened to those guys? The, the guy who was running their uh, Twitter. He was pretty good. I met him uh, at Tom Woods, I think. And then I don't know what happened to that guy. He disappeared. It seems. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know anybody in LPKY. LP I don't even remember the guy's name. But I remember I met him, and he was like, "I'm the guy who runs LP Kentucky." I'm like, "Really? You?" <laughs> I don't know. He was some short dude. Not not what I expected at all, really. That's, I don't know. I mean, I'm, what do you what do you really, really expect people to look like? Though, I mean, that's the crazy thing, isn't it? Like, you know, all these people from interactions online, and then you meet them in person. You're like, oh my god, that's not what I thought you'd look like. What would you think I look like? I don't know. LPKY is just like, I don't know. He was being a real Chad out there, and I forget what it was. He had that one moment where they went like super viral. I forget what it was. Yes. You remember that? I remember I was like, all this. That's fucking based. Like, so I'm picturing this like tall chad and no he's just he basically like looked like me but with hair no idea who it was I really don't know his name uh, I, I knew it at some point although i, I don't want to dox the guy either but i totally I've, i legit forget what his name was i can picture him in my head what he looks like but yeah no no idea there was a See, that's been the weird thing. Like, I, that's one thing I've always noticed in the LP is, at least since I've been in the party, right? Um, but it's, uh, like, everyone's always fighting over the levers of power for fucking Twitter. And I've never understood that. It was the most obscure bullshit I've ever seen in my life. Uh, what do you mean exactly? You mean, like, fighting over, uh, like, having access to the Twitter? Or what are we talking about? Yeah, like, you know, who's going to run what Twitter account or what Twitter oh. account said what or whatever the fuck. Like, I'm like, do you people not have better lives to live? Like, go help yeah. Toad win, you know, the LP nomination, you know, because we need a good, strong amphibian in the White House to really lick the competition. I don't, I don't, no I don't have. No more reptiles. It's amphibian time. I said amphibian. No, no, every, everybody oh, is. No more every, Oh, that's great. Everybody's supposed to lick me uh, in order to get high. But yeah, you're right. No more reptiles. We're going to replace all the lizards with amphibians, with toads. <laughs> that's good. 
Hey, that's the T-shirt right there. That's his campaign slogan. Yeah. And the bonus is you get high if you lick me and I uh, turn into a prince or something if you kiss <laughs> me. Whatever the deal is there, I don't know. Are you going to national? Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm running for president, so so I'll be oh, at national. Oh. Unfortunately, I have to go into the swamp because that's the LP. Um, I guess that's the decision of national. We're having the uh, convention in Washington D.C. Oh God. Makes sense. Really don't want to go back into that city, but I guess I have to. I'm definitely trying out this theory. He's got a lot of space on the top of his head. I think I can get it. Just you're gonna lick see my if I head. Get high. Hey, hey, I'm gonna see if I get high. So, some people you. have. I, I get people yeah, rubbing my head, kissing my head, licking my head. It's all uh, I don't know. I I allow most of it. Why not? My head is a party. <laughs> there you go. Um. So yeah. So uh, anything else you want to talk on the presidential front? Anything else you got coming up? Any events you're gonna be at? Um, I'll definitely be at the uh, LP Massachusetts convention because it is my home state and I just have to drive probably like under an hour to get there depending on where the hell it is. I don't even know where it is, but it can't be that far. Nothing is far in Massachusetts, so I'll go to that one. I'll, uh, I assume I'll be in the debate in that one as well. Uh, so at least I'll be in one other debate before national, and then I assume I'll be in the national <laughs> debate as well. I'll be on cease, man, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. There you go. Nice. Very nice. So, um, Tower Gang's doing good. Everybody's, you know, having a great time still. What, uh, what, uh, got all y'all together? What, uh, what, when did the Tower Gang form? When did, uh, yeah, it was in, uh, yeah. we've been doing it for, uh, almost three years now. So, um, it was like during the lockdowns when a bunch of us, pretty much had nothing better to do because we were all like working remotely and whatever. And we all took to Twitter kind of at the same time to bitch about the uh, COVID regime pretty much. Um, a number of us kind of started uh, just going after uh, like the bad, like politicians and journalists and whatever on Twitter. And in order to say more offensive things that you could normally say on Twitter, uh, the idea was to string together a series of single letter tweets Instead of just like saying what you want to say on Twitter because you'll get nuked if you like say the N word or whatever, any slur, you could say it in like single letters. Oh, let's start with an N here and go down. Uh, then you'd be able to like get away with it because you can't report like a single letter tweet or at least you couldn't back then. So we would do that, but then it also had this like double effect where the tower would like really throw somebody off because we were up to the point where we were doing like 30, 40 um, like letter towers and stuff where we had enough people were uh, getting involved that were doing that and that has an effect where it's like that many people at once agree with this one message all against you that's pretty powerful and people uh some of the bad people would like uh, try to like report us and like block us and some of them like uh deactivated their accounts and stuff and that was always awesome it was almost like a trophy like yeah we got this horrible like journalist to deactivate or whatever but we had uh, we were doing it out of uh, twitter group chats like we pretty much had one group chat that was actually kind of a secondary tower group chat but we kind of became the the uh like really active towers and that had myself uh cole aka fat dave was in it uh jose was in it uh so like sort of the origins of tower gang were in that and clint was in it as well i don't think he was as active and uh nick ashley who was on our show way back then at the start so us we decided for whatever reason we were kind of just like let's start doing a podcast at the same time and we'll do like 
what we do on Twitter, like shit posting, but we'll kind of like do it in podcast form. We didn't really know what we wanted to do exactly yet, although we always, in our minds, were kind of like influenced by Legion of Skanks in a way, and we always kind of wanted to just like be like, well, this is like our opportunity to like hang out with the bros again and like bring back like what we used to do like in like the 90s for me and Clint because we're older than the other guys but like throughout like college and like high school whatever like you used to be able to hang out with your boys and just like say really offensive shit and just make each other laugh and be unfiltered and not care and bust balls and whatever and we didn't have that anymore because we're all older now and uh, everything's gone like so woke and whatever and it's like well we need this like space where we can still do that and if it's it's fucking funny, so why not just like I don't know? We'll just do a podcast. Like we didn't know if anybody was gonna listen to it or whatever. We did have Clint like right from the outset, and he was like starting to blow up with Liberty Lockdown, so that was pretty helpful as well. That kind of made it like somewhat big, like from the outset. And then uh, like Reed Coverdale joined in shortly after that, and Top Lobster like started doing merch for us, and was originally like a fan of what we were doing, and then he joined the show. And Nick Ashley left, and then that was kind of like the metamorphosis of it. So it started with us in a group chat being like horrible shit posters in there and doing the towers on Twitter. And then we kind of converted it into uh, the podcast. And then once we like started hitting the stride with the podcast, we kind of knew like we want to just do like actual funny comedy and be like super offensive about it. And that's what the show is, and that's what it's going to be. And just fuck politics basically at this point like we don't really even though it seeps in because it can't not because we are still all in the libertarian sphere to one extent or another but we try not to let that like overtake the show at this point we want to just focus on just trying to be funny i'm down with that uh i mean comedy's always best uh best source of entertainment um y'all sound like y'all had a really good like kind of a good foundation and a good group of guys that y'all had with you and it sounds like it's grown really well, and uh, usually, yeah. you know, three years into it, I would assume y'all definitely have good chemistry. Y'all work well together, and yeah. Um, so, I mean, you would have to at this point. So yeah, I think the chemistry felt like it was there like really early on, where it's like like we just kind of have it, uh, like between me and uh, Clint and Cole, yeah, and Jose. Just like from the outset, it was kind of like this is like this feels right. This is pretty good. We think we have this, and then yeah. It just like kept going and we got more of like a flow and figured out like how we want to do this what we want to do unfortunately i became like the punching bag of the show more recently uh although maybe i always was but i don't know uh, but then i'm also up there uh running for president and like dominating all these other uh libertarian on potential nominees all the other candidates on stage there so i don't know but yeah so and yeah the show's going well i mean we've had some pretty good guests on like we got some pretty big guests, like almost from the outset, where we got like somehow we got Shane Hazel on the second episode. <laughs> like we had some big like libertarian guests on right away. We had Maj Ture on episode three, which I don't know why we did that because it's not really like the comedy vibe there. So that was kind of a weird like half political, half uh, comedy uh, episode there. But then we kind of like moved on. And, like Dave Smith like knew who we were and he liked our show like pretty early on, so we were able to get him on pretty early on in the show we got shoe on head to come on pretty early on which was bizarre i don't know why she oh. agreed to do that uh, where i think she had turned down like uh tim pool or something like that early on but she came on our show because she i don't know she liked our vibe i guess more and that show was good until uh, josh smith came in and tried to turn it into a debate because we just wanted to focus on like maybe like kind of where we agree with her we just kind of wanted to make it like funny and have a fun show and 
get more viewers that way. But we did that, and then, of course, we've had, like, Owen Benjamin on a couple times more recently, Gavin McGinnis. So we've had some big, uh, big episodes more recently that uh, I think increased our uh, fan base further, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's always, you know, kind of the, the goal, right, is to reach more people and uh, entertain as much as you can. Um, Hell yeah. That's, yeah, y'all had a, a great lineup of people. Um, Shane is a, uh, he's a very interesting human being. I've had a few conversations with him. Yeah, he's he fit a, with the vibe of our show, too, which is weird. Like, he's definitely like a shit poster uh, to some extent. He was in one of the Tower Gang group chats back then. Which is kind of how we but, got him on. Because originally we were going to have Josh Smith on that episode. And Josh bailed. And I don't know. He was doing his show. At, like, his show started almost at the same time. And I don't know what was going on with him. We didn't get him on until later. But we're like, well, we're replacing you with Shane Hazel for episode two of Tower Gang. But the episode yeah, wound Shane, up being pretty fun. Yeah, Shane comes off as he's, like, dead serious all the time. Very, oh, very, yeah. you know, imposing figure. And then you, you start talking to him. Yeah, he'll he'll t- cut all the shit with you. He can. It's, yeah. uh yeah, go watch uh, episode two of our show from way back then, even though we didn't know what we were going to be yet, but he definitely fit in with us on that show, I would say. That's a very awkward time in uh, filming, isn't it? When you really don't know where things are going and things are just kind of doing things, and you're just like, I yeah. don't know what any of this means. Yeah, but we also didn't really care, even though it's like, yeah, we will record it. Like, If people want to like see, watch this and actually think that it's funny, like that's good like that's a bonus but we really wanted it to just be like a space where we can do that and we can like shoot the shit and make each other laugh yeah i used to have a i used to have a co-host named will he uh we we did that a lot and uh we had that same kind of chemistry you know like it was just like one of those things like we did one episode together i was like this is this is golden and uh yeah he's moved on with his life he's he's become an adult now and he's oh, doing no, a family a thing and oh uh, yeah he's beautiful baby too a gorgeous little girl but um, congratulations yeah I'm, I'm glad for him i'm glad he's moved on to greener pastures but uh you know, i kind of miss him I, I i like uh i like hearing that y'all y'all have that chemistry it's awesome yeah and then we, we have when our, our co-hosts like have kids like cole had a baby and he's just like nah, i'm still doing this show <laughs> like you're gonna have to deal with your father being a total shit poster and us you know talker talking about him fingering his butthole on the show all the time and whatever I mean, it's it's never work when you do what you love, right? I mean, if it's <laughs> yeah, no matter what it is, if it's fingering your asshole, just do it. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing was uh, that was a whole thing in of itself. Where uh, Cole just mentioned that he that a video of that existed because his wife, like back when they were like in college or whatever, had asked him to do that for her, and she's like, "Oh, I still, I think I still have the video." And this is when we were all like in person at Top Lobster's house. She's like going through a Snapchat. She's like, "I still have the video of it," and we all watched it except Clint because he was already asleep because he's an old man. And we were like, "This is like so insane! Like, why are we watching this? Like, what's going on?" Jose seemed like really interested in the video for whatever reason but then because clint hadn't seen it we decided to wake him up with that video in his face the next day too so oh no that's that's, that's what you do with your bros man yeah yeah that's pretty good that's funny that's <laughs> that's a wild thing to tell someone hey by the way i had my uh, my asshole fingered by my old lady no, 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 he was doing it to himself on video because she asked him oh. to uh, send her a video of him doing that yeah, that's still, that's still, that's a lot. Yeah, 
Hey, you do what you gotta do. I mean, hey, no judgment here, right? Yeah, before that show, he was like, I'm gonna tell them this, uh, the story about that video. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, what video? And she, like, she agreed uh, th that he was allowed to talk about that on the show. And then he told us, we're like, this is so insane, dude. Cole is the one who will just, like, drop, like, just absolute bombs of stories on the show. We're just like, how does all of this even happen to one person? Like, it's just so insane. It's stuff that he has never brought up before. It's like, oh, yeah, I was donating my blood plasma, like, all throughout college, like, for four straight years. Or, yeah, I fingered my butthole on video or <laughs> I don't know. Just all types of stuff. He has uh, stories about him uh, accidentally killing a whole bunch of dogs. It's all crazy shit. <laughs> How do you accidentally kill a bunch of dogs? Uh, by leaving antifreeze out. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, that's Let's, only it, one of that's only one of several stories. <laughs> but that was kind of the craziest one. Yeah, we have a we have a story that we're gonna have to we're gonna tell. We're not gonna tell it tonight. It's we're gonna do uh we're gonna do a clip. Her and I telling it. It's uh. We, we took an adventure in Atlanta, and things did mm. not go the way we thought they were going to go. Mm. And uh, But uh, it, it's going to be a fantastic story. Oh we'll God. share it when we Interesting. drop it. It's Atlanta, so you got to be ready to run into black people. It was uh, it, it's a whole thing. I was, I was ready for that because uh, I was just there uh, for the, the Georgia Convention, so... Uh, yeah, I flew into Atlanta, so I got a little bit of that experience. Although I wasn't really like downtown in Atlanta for that. We were outside of the city for the convention, but Atlanta is a horrible fucking airport. It is I hate the airport, yeah. Yeah, it's horrendous. It it is really bad. It's unbelievably big. Uh, there are way too many people there and like at one point I'm lucky I actually didn't realize it. My uh, flight back to Boston uh, was in Terminal T, which is kind of like the main terminal there, like the first mm. one that you get into, which is cool. That's fine. Uh, and I didn't notice they actually uh, had switched my flight to a gate in Terminal E. And if you know Atlanta, you have to take the tram underground through all the different terminals. Terminal E is you have to go through yeah A, B, C, D, E, and it goes all the way up to F. It probably takes what, like 20, 30 minutes to get from T to E. But luckily, on, yeah. I didn't notice that they had switched my flight to, to Terminal E because then they actually wound up switching it back to T. So a bunch of people were on my flight, went to E, and then back to T. Yeah, and it wound up being delayed, but it was probably only, it was delayed, I don't know, like 20, 30 minutes or so. But some people might have missed the flight because of that. I really have, I have no clue. That was insane. But lucky for me, I never saw that it was switched to E. Like the next time, I, I didn't get an alert or anything. And the next I looked because I, I just knew what time I was going to be like ready to board and whatever. And I looked and it was like, oh, it's still in the same terminal, but they moved it one gate over. I'm like, oh, that's fine. And then a bunch of people were like, they just moved it to Terminal E and everybody was flipping out. Yeah. And they were trying to uh, send three flights out in a span of 40 minutes from the gate that they put us on to. So I'm standing there, and there's a plane boarding at the time that my plane is supposed to board. And I'm like, but like it's boarding like they're about to like take off, and it's all zones are boarding at this time. And I'm like, this isn't the Boston flight. They're like, no, this is JFK. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's so insane. They're like, yeah, Boston's going to be the next flight out here. I'm like, well, we're not leaving on time. And then other people were showing up, and they're like, is this the flight to LaGuardia? I'm like, no. Like, so there was a LaGuardia flight that was supposed to be flying out of there, like, I don't know, 20 minutes after mine. I don't know how they could even have gotten all three of those planes out of there, out of the same gate in that span of time. I'm sure they didn't. 
going to Atlanta for a flight, whether you're, doesn't matter how, which way you go, going to Atlanta is like being in a relationship with Amber Heard. You're going to get abused, and then they're going to tell you it's your fault and you deserved it. That's yeah, exactly what it is. They're going to shit in your bed. They're, they're going to shit in your duffel bag when you're not looking when you're going through TSA checkpoint or checkpoint. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, the the security wasn't too bad. I, I actually went I went through security with Clint because he was also flying on. His flight was earlier than mine. Uh, but we we got through. There was one weird experience in security though. When I went through, I uh, I went to scan my boarding pass. So, like I gave the TSA guy my ID, and you know you give him your ID, you scan your boarding pass. That's how it works. I'm going to scan my boarding pass, and he like yelled at me. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm like scanning my boarding pass he's like no i already told you to go through i'm like what like he's like yelling at me like i'm doing something wrong by doing a step like yeah that everybody does at every airport but you're telling me i don't have to do that and you're yelling at me for doing it like it makes absolutely no sense to me that was weird i will say i have noticed that that tsa guidelines have been not consistent across the board anymore um i don't know if it's because they're relaxing them or what what the deal is but uh, they we've should relax through, the whole agency get rid of it it's so relaxed it all the way to extinction um i flew uh, back when it didn't exist it, it was a different world man first time i flew was i think it was february 2002 so i was i was Ooh. stupid excited about flying to damascus syria Whoa. In 2002. Syria. Yeah. Really? <laughs> okay. Not not for any uh, military reason, or was it? No, I, I grew up in the State Department system. Is uh, <sighs> so I didn't I didn't move back to the U.S. until I was a sophomore in high school. Oh man. So I spent most of elementary school, all of middle school, and a good chunk of high school overseas. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, that's why I'm so violently against any government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I flew how in fucking horrible it is. Yeah, in early 2001, I flew to France, and back then it was yeah the pre TSA uh, era, dude. Like now, like as the government intends, uh, they don't want people to even remember what it was like back then. But like people like me who do remember it, even though I was 16 at that time, like I still remember it. And it was so much better. Like I went uh, to France. Uh, which was a school trip, and I was going with, like, one of my friends who was also in the French department and some of the other people who were in it with us, and, like, my parents were, like, there with me at the gate. Like, you could, you could go into the airport. You could go right to the gate. You could see everybody off. You could be at the gate, like, when somebody lands to greet them. Like, we're missing all of that now just because of this. Like, the personal uh, experience of the airport is completely removed. It's terrible. Now it's just, like, here you go. I'm dropping you off at the curb. Get the fuck out of my car. See ya. Have a good trip. It's so bad. It's awful. Yeah. So it take three extra hours. Oh yeah, because they want to fill you up because uh, you know it's the head of bad day or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's about that time. Uh, any final words? Any any you know, final remarks? Uh, no, I mean, I'll just, uh, I'll just plug Tower Gang one more time. Uh, everybody should go check that out if they like offensive comedy. Uh, the Tower Gang podcast, we live stream Wednesday nights at 9, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah, you can go to, uh, you can uh, follow uh, Tower Gang Pod on Twitter, and you can go to towergangpod.com for all the links. But we 
live stream to uh, Rumble, Odyssey, and YouTube. Uh, hopefully, YouTube doesn't uh, nuke us again. We're trying to avoid the nuke, but we leave the episodes up on uh, Odyssey, uh, Rumble, and we uh, put them out on Spotify and all the uh, audio platforms. So somehow we're not nuked from over there, even though Spotify. They COVID flagged us a bunch of times, even for episodes where we didn't even talk about COVID. So who knows uh, what's up with that? But we're still up there in all those places. And I am also the host of Better Off Dead, which is uh, B-E-T-T-O-R. Uh, I am a sports better. I have a show where I do daily videos just talking about what I'm actually betting on and how I'm probably going to kill myself when, when I lose these bets, even though I actually am a winner. I've been doing it for like almost two decades now, and I am uh, good at it, and I do win at it. So I do have that show as well. Hell yeah. Yeah, sports betting is... Uh... It's, it's too much for me. I'm a Cowboys fan. I, I lose too much money, so I, I, it's not something I can do. I just know my limits. you got to bet so, against uh, the Cowboys. That's the problem. Too many people bet against them, and then they win. You bet mm. for them, and then they lose. It's 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 chaos. But yeah. Well, Toad, sir, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we look yes, forward sir. to your very lucrative uh, <laughs> campaign strategy of dish the reptiles, lick the toad. Yeah, I like lick the toad. I like that. That's that's a campaign slogan for sure. Well, sir, you have a fantastic night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, too. we'll catch y'all later. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. See you.